volts went through his body. I beg your pardon? He got 10,000 volts. That's enough to elect anybody. He should be president. No, not that kind. What kind? Volts. That's what I said. He got 10,000. You know what volts are. They're what? That's right. What I say? Volts or watts? Well, go ahead and tell me. You just said it. I just asked you to tell me what I said. What I volts said. Volts or watts? Volts or what? Yes. I'm asking you, what's volts? That's right. Don't try to twist me now. What are you talking about, a dialect? Watts, watts, watts. Watts, 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 what? Volts. Watts, volts. That's right. Well, go ahead and tell me. Well, that's it. What are volts? That's right. I'm asking you. Watts. Watts are volts. What? That's right. Next thing you know, you'll be telling me what's on second base. Oh, now, don't stop. That's enough. Don't stop. I quit. All right, wait a Goosebumps. Nothing short of goosebumps. What an amazing tune. 10,000 volts. We have a very, very special guitar tales for today. And before we jump right in, we want to thank our regular sponsor, Mischief Studios, and our brand new sponsor, Confections of a Rockstar, an amazing, amazing bakery over in Asbury Park. Fabulous food. I've been there even for your dog. You can get food over there. This show is amazing. We're jumping right in. I want to thank our dear friend, actor, and writer Bruce Bukarski for helping us set this up. We have the great, the great, the legendary, voted one of the greatest heavy metal guitar players of all time, Ace Fraley on. Scott, can you bring us all onto the studio? And hey. there's me. I made it. You did make it. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Uh, cool. So much. And, and you guys were great in helping us set it up. Huh. We're appreciative. I know Lara was fabulous. And yeah, thanks, Lara. Well, yeah. Lara, Lara was very instrumental. She's uh, on her way to Manhattan. She's getting her nails done and her hair done. Nice. Uh, I don't get to do that. We tomorrow at Walmart, <laughs> and then Saturday is Sam Ash. Right, I saw That's that. That's right. You got that live appearance there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's good stuff. I don't know if you remember. I, I met you and Laura. Um, you played at the Palladium right. in uh, 2022, and uh, Bruce was able to get us backstage, and you guys were wonderful. And that show was amazing, absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, A lot it, of energy, man. Yeah. Some, I read some comments on YouTube and people telling me to retire. I don't think so. Oh, yeah. no way. No way. You took a solo that night. Um, it was amazing. You know, I remember you had uh, most of the folks leave the stage and you had fun. And, and I was I was there with Bruce and his brother. I know, you know, Scott also, um, Scott Pekarski. And I just said, this guy loves guitar. He it's just loves fun. guitar. I mean, if, if, you, if you're not having fun doing it, that's when you maybe say, eh, it's not for me anymore. I never know what I'm going to play when I do my solo. It's never the exact same solo every night. I always mix it up with different things and whatever comes to mind. Sometimes I'll 
I'll just start playing something out of the blue that pops into my head. But, you know, the fans enjoy it, and I, I'm having fun. They're having yeah. fun. So. Yeah, because you're, you're a self-taught guy, as I am. Um, yeah. I, it, there's nothing worse than being nailed down to a specific solo and playing the same thing over and over and over again, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I grew up in a musical family. I was the youngest of three kids, and everybody played an instrument. You know, my mom and dad, my brother and sister all played piano. My brother and sister played piano and guitar. And uh, when it came time for me to take piano lessons, I said, I'm going to pass. <laughs> I had my brother teach me a few chords on his folk guitar, and then I got an electric guitar for Christmas when I was 13. And... Um, I was off to the races at that point. <laughs> who, who was your guy in those days? You're a Chuck Berry guy, or? Well, I was into all the blues guys, you know, BB yeah. e. King, Albert King, Freddie King. I remember seeing Freddie King right across the Tappan Zee Bridge in some bar. Yeah, it's amazing when he did, he went into Palace of the King, and it, it was intense. But you know, I used to go to the Fillmore East on a regular basis. Oh, and I see everybody stuff. there, you know, the Who, the Cream. Wow. Yeah. Led yeah. Scott and I were joking. Um, I'm a fellow Who fanatic. And uh, they, they were just so influential for me as a, as a human being, forget as a guitar player. Uh, and then Pete is a guitar player for you. I'm sure unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Because the showmanship is, is a huge part of your, your repertoire, you know. Well, you know. When I saw The Who for the first time, I was only 15, and it was their first U.S. tour. Oh, I had okay. cut school, and I went to a Murray the K show in Midtown. Okay. And I went to see Mitch Ryder in the Detroit Wheels because I was a big fan of Jim McCarty. Who right. Later on in life, we ended up becoming close friends, and uh, we hung out, and we actually ended up doing some touring together. But... Uh, you know, the Cream and the Who were opening for them. Isn't that crazy to think that? Know who they were. Yeah. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And, and and the Who probably hadn't really found their voice yet at that point, right? They little more modish than they eventually became, I suspect. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was a slow progression, you know. It was. Now, now what, when you, what was your first guitar? Uh, I think it was a Japanese Kent or something, something like that. You know, right. I may even, I can't even remember the name. Yeah, there were. My friend had a Zimgar. Right. And, uh, I had a Kent or. There was Tisco back then. Around, I don't know. They then I this... went to a Hagstrom, and then mm-hmm. that I went to a Telecaster, and you know. And you landed with Gibson, right? That that really was your mainstay for a lot of years, right? Well, once once I got a Les Paul, I was in love. That was yeah. it. My first yeah. Les Paul I got on 48th Street at Manny's. Manny's, yep. only oh, legendary Manny's. Standard. And uh, from that, you know, I just kept. Eventually, I went to from standards to customs. Right, right. I would end up customizing all the guitars, making all the uh, plastic cream. And if it didn't have a middle pickup, I had one put in. <laughs> yeah, because I like the three pickup trademark. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It just looked better, but you know, I don't use the bridge pickup or the middle pickup. On, when I'm performing live, oh really? It disconnected. 
<laughs> oh, that's it. But those they're badass looking guitars when you got all three of those humbuckers in there. So, so, initially, so initially you you did all the custom work yourself, I would imagine first. I yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did all the customizing myself until it got really uh once I joined Kiss and I started with the fog uh the the uh, smoking guitar. I put a a smoke bomb inside the uh, yeah, the, little, the cavity there. Yeah, the cavity that has the tone and volume control. But the smoke ended up, you know, screwing up my volume and tone control. So. All right. Oh, yeah. Because you put an actual I smoke bomb in there. I got together with an engineer and he, we decided to, since I don't use the bridge pickup, we decided to make a phony one with a box. We reamed out and we put smoke bombs in there and I controlled it with the uh, other two volume and tone controls that <laughs> I don't use. <laughs> it's amazing. That and is amazing. What a, sh- what a showstopper. <laughs> the first time you brought that out, the people must have went out of their minds. Out of their minds. They've yeah. never seen anything like that before. Completely. Yeah, and then I graduated to the idea of having the light guitar, and I used that exclusively in New York Groove whenever I performed. You know, and it just kept going on. You know, my career with Kiss and without Kiss, you know, I I invented the uh, rocker guitar. Right. You know, yep. After the light guitar, and then I, and then on the reunion tour, I, I ended up uh, designing a pinwheel guitar. I saw that. I was yeah. a pinwheel that uh, was perpendicular to the neck, so the sparks didn't hit me, but the rest of the guys <laughs> had to watch out. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, great! Real sparks for real pain. Yeah, but you know, it was. I always had fun modifying guitars, and you know. Ever since I was a kid, I had to take everything apart and put it back together oh, God, to see what made it tick. Yeah, it's it's fun stuff. I mean, that's part of the love of the instrument, you know, is taking that apart, seeing the foil that's inside, playing with your pickups. And, and I don't think in five years we've had one guitarist on who doesn't know how to do that. You know, like all the, the really serious guitar players love digging into the electronics and having fun with it. Oh yeah, I mean I do that with everything. I you know I was always a computer nut, right? You know, the early Macs, you know, you used to be able to hot rod the CPUs and put in faster CPUs and overclock them with special gadgets. Wow. I used to hot rod my computers because I did animations. Hmm. I did the animation in Psycho Circus Tour, you know, where the four faces morph from one into the other. Yep. Uh-huh. I did oh. that animation on my laptop, Gene Slot, and he goes, he took me out the next day and bought me $15,000 worth of computers. <laughs> I said, hey, just keep going with this. It's good. <laughs> That's so next level stuff. I had no clue about that level of uh, uh, techno sophistication. So I found out you're like a, a painter, too. Like you're, you're quite an artist, right? Well, just, I was just... always, I was, you know, you'd be surprised, but most musicians can draw. You know, art and music go hand in hand. You know, when I was in high school, I I was I was an A plus art student. Mm-hmm. I doubled up on art actually. I went to Dewey Clinton High School, and I was really good friends with the head of the art department. He'd get me out of trouble <laughs> and give me uh, hall passes and stuff, even though I, he wasn't supposed to, because um, he knew I had the the gift of you know. Mm-hmm. Art and you know, 
eventually I came up when I joined Kiss, designing the Kiss logo, and right, right. You know, worked on uh, the Anomaly cover, album cover, and you know. But I don't really have the time to do art much anymore. I'm, you know, between touring, doing videos, and uh, these damn interviews. Recording. <laughs> I, you know, since I since I delivered this record, I must yeah. have done 250 interviews. So. Oh. Wow, that that's got to be hard work. It, you know, you got to do it. Right. Uh, but that's got to be a challenge, you know. You know, it happened yesterday. I had five interviews to do, and the last one was Australia. Hmm. And, you know, Kiss was always huge in Australia. I went to Australia with Gene in 2018, and, um, you know, they're dying to have me come back. But, you know, I couldn't believe the clarity. You know, we was we were doing a Zoom call, and the audio and the video was just so clear. There was no latency. And uh, it was like he was in the next room and the guy's halfway around the world. So technology has just come so far. We used to do this show in a studio in New Jersey here. Uh, you know, yeah. three camera shoot HD. And then the guests would have to come to Bordentown. So but now where, we, we can. Where are you guys could, now? You guys both in the same location? or different? No, no, we're both. We're in you New Jersey, first. but uh, David's in Man- Manahawkin, and I'm in Wall Township, New Jersey. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we were every when COVID hit, uh, we started doing uh, what we called the fireside chats on Guitar Tales, and then Scott beefed up our technology, and we left the world of Zoom, and we uh, we're on Restream now. So this is you know a crystal clear show, so we get as right. good quality as we had yeah. in the studio before. So we're we're grateful well, for I that. I remember when I moved in with Lara. Uh, after I moved back from California because I broke up with this crazy girlfriend I had out there. And uh, we were living in a 2,500-square-foot house. I didn't have a recording studio, and COVID hit. And, you know, the kids were going to school remotely on computers. And all I would do is I'd lay in bed, play guitar, and uh, I'd watch the numbers on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah, they go. Yeah, that were dying, and I, I kept looking at Laura, going, I don't know, this could be the end of the world. <laughs> and finally, thank God, it leveled off. You know. Yeah. So we ask a lot of our guests, and we'll ask you, in terms, like you're an artist on multiple levels, and and we ask a lot of folks, you know, when COVID hit, and and people were stuck in a home, hey, what happened to your art? And, and we're always interested in hearing you know, what it did for you. So we'll ask you, you know, what did that do for your artistic expression and sort of your ability to grow? It slowed it down dramatically because mm. I've always had a studio in my home. Whether okay. it was an inverted bedroom or in most cases, whenever I had a house, I built a studio in the basement like this one, you see. Yeah. So I didn't have that when I first moved in with Laura. So, you know, I'd be recording stuff into my iPhone, song ideas. But, you know, I really couldn't. I didn't have all my Pro Tools stuff set up. And uh, I was just getting over the tr- the trauma of moving 3,000 miles back. Because right. I was living in California for about 11 years. And it was culture shock. Coming back to the East Coast, which is where I'm from originally, I grew up in the Bronx. Yep. So it was uh, it was an adjustment. You know, 
I had forgotten what winters are like. <laughs> but, I haven't been that terrible lately, thank God. But yeah. Yeah. But no mudslides. No. No mudslides. You <laughs> or know, earthquakes. I was watching the mudslide yesterday on YouTube and uh, Oh yeah. I got caught in one of the Malibu fires years ago. So yeah. it's you don't have that anymore. You know. Well, I remember that in California when they had those fires that yep. were really close to LA. And I actually remember being on the 405 and there were flames on both sides. Oh, yeah. Like you were driving into hell. Yeah, we we escaped on Cannon Doom Road. Uh, We got stuck uh, by the beach and Mm -hmm. the fire was dancing over the PCH onto the beach. And when the police weren't looking, we actually hopped in our car and took one of the canyon roads and thankfully we were okay. But you don't have that. You don't have that in Jersey. So that's something. I've always said to friends of mine, you know, You'll, I'll never live in Jersey, but you know, when you fall in love with somebody and they're yeah. living in Jersey, you don't have a choice. That's right. And, and there's worse fates, right? You know? But yeah, you know, I, I soon realized that Northern New Jersey is a lot like upstate New York. Oh, it's mm-hmm. gorgeous up there. Yeah, I'm yeah. only 10 minutes from the New York border, you know? Yeah. We're, you know, we're in uh, Sparta. So, uh, it's not very different because I lived in Westchester a lot of my life. Okay. You know, except for when I lived in Connecticut for a while and had that recording studio that I was there for seven years. But then I moved back to Westchester and I lived Pleasantville, White Plains, mm-hmm. all, all over. What was life like for Ace in the early days when you were in the Bronx there? Oh, but- well. I started off playing guitar, and at the same time, I joined the gang, the Ducky Boys. Oh, really? I got tired of getting beat up when I went to the corner candy store. Uh-huh. I joined the gang so I'd have protection. <laughs> Did it work? Yeah. All right. I mean, nobody would fuck with me because uh, I'm in the gang, and, and you know. The Candy Boys, he said? Or- the Ducky Anybody Boys. The Ducky Boys. Fight with me, would, you know, they go, oh. Their friends would say, yeah, don't fuck with him. He's one of the Ducky Boys. Please tell me you painted their their logo for them, the Ducky Boys logo. Did they have uh, a logo? No, I didn't. <laughs> but I, I used to do, uh, I used to get like, a, it was before Sharpies. I used to get like a flare. Right. Yeah. And I, I used to draw tattoos on the guy's arms. Really? Oh, that's great. Stuff like that, you know, and uh, it was crazy, you know. The thing that got me away from the gangs was uh, once I started playing in bands, you know, guys in the gangs would call me up and say, hey, we're going to rob a warehouse this weekend. We're going to steal a couple of cars. We got a fight in the schoolyard with just chains and knives. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and I'd say, I can't go. I, I got a gig, you know. <laughs> oh, that's great. I got to do a couple of shows. So after a while, they just got tired of calling me because, you know, I was playing pretty steady almost every weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, it pretty much saved me because most of those guys I hung out with ended up going to jail or ODing yeah. or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Sad. It Your is sad. sobriety has been uh, quite a challenge. How many years sober now, Ace? Well... I've been sober 17 years, you know, I got sober in 2006, but I've been, I tried sobriety a couple of times, you know, there were points in my life when I was sober for like a year, year and a half, you know, then I'd go out on the road and, you know, everybody else in the bus was drinking. That's hard. 
you know, after a while, you know, you know, my sponsor said to me, you know, if you're going to really be serious about sobriety, you can't have anybody drinking around you. So, you know, I, I outlaw alcohol or drugs in the dressing room. And that's worked for me. Good. And it's good for the people around you. I still go to meetings, you know. Good, man. Excellent. No, that's really good stuff. I'm a health professional by trade. I'm a pharmacist, so uh, I see a lot of that stuff firsthand. You know, it's it's pretty rough out there for a lot of guys. Well, you know, the whole fentanyl thing is just crazy. Yeah, it is. It's a whole nother level of hell. You know, my doctor said to me, uh, they're making fake pills that look like pharmaceutical pills, but they're yeah. cut with fentanyl. He says, you can take one pill and die. And that's the end of that, yeah. Yeah, and you're done. It's really scary. And they're giving them to kids, which is right. even worse. Uh, it's Yeah, the lack of morality of the folks who are ready to make a couple of bucks on that is, is just terrifying. It really is. Yeah, like, they don't care. Usually the guys who are selling it to kids or giving it to kids are, are strung out on it as well so they yeah. need to support their habit you know yeah so, you know once you have a drug habit everything you know your morals go out the window you can't even see it right right yeah that's a shame and, that really yeah, is. i mean even, i'll be honest, even with me you know when i you know when i was drinking and doing drugs you know i didn't pay as much attention to my family as i should have and mm-hmm. uh, you know touring became tougher, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but, you know, eventually you end up getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. That makes sense. Yeah. And and I hear in your voice, like you're doing everything right, because whenever any of us makes any kind of lifetime error, we own it. You own it and the people around you love you and you move on. And that's the beauty of it. As soon as you own it and you, you know, and you're accountable for it, everyone takes you back. Well, the first couple of years were the hardest, you know, yeah. I just, I couldn't imagine me going through a weekend without having a beer. Right. But, you know, eventually you get a week and then you get a month. And before you know it, you know, you got a year sober and then you start working on your, you know, you're working through the steps. You right. got two years. I had a great sponsor, believe it or not, the policeman who arrested me when I went crazy in White Plains, New York, with the DeLorean affair. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. The arresting officer. He's my sponsor to this day. That's, That's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. That's he saved amazing. my life on multiple occasions. And uh, I owe my life to this guy. And we're still close friends and speak a couple of times a week. That's fantastic. It is. And it's... Uh, it's great that he's still alive because he's what? He's got to be five years older than me. Mm. So he's approaching 80. I'm going to be 73. Right. You know, but I dropped 45 pounds over the last year and a half. And Laura's been helping me work out because she's a personal trainer. as well. Oh, is she? Okay. So, you know, between, you know, I surround myself with positive people, you know, people I work with, you know, there's not, no drugs or alcohol allowed. So it makes life a lot easier. We've it had does. your bassist on our show uh, recently. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Cook's been on with us. And he says it's been a really great experience playing with you and getting out there. Yeah, to be honest with you, you know, I can go out and people can have one or two cocktails. It doesn't bother me anymore. 
you know, the first or second year in sobriety, it would have bothered me, you know, mm-hmm. and, but I don't really get urges anymore. You know, after 17 years looking in the mirror and then looking at photos of me 20 years ago when I was all bloated from alcohol and right. You know, it's really, you know, that also gives me the willpower and the strength, you know, to stay away from all that junk. And you got a good support system and yeah. at home. And it's, I love the way what you've said, you like, you, you've, you put only positive minded people around you. And, and then when you do that, life becomes so much better. Yeah. You know, it's, really negative. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I listen to my sponsor. I go to meetings, you know, if something's bothering me, I'll go to a meeting and I'll share it. And then I get rid of it. You know, you mm-hmm. let it roll off your back and it's gone. And, uh, Instead of having to take a pill or a drink to get rid of that, you know, resentment, what's ever bothered. I mean, you know, I had really big resentments against Paul and Gene when I quit the band the first time and even the second time. Yeah, because, you know, when I left the band, you know, they used to say I got fired, which is complete bullshit. Yeah. Both times I left on my own accord and uh, they would perpetuate the myth that they fired me which is complete bullshit and, uh, to protect their own egos maybe who knows whatever yeah. you know they spin it anyway there's always they want. a jealousy there you know the fact that my solo album with new york groove was the most successful out of the four yep, you know, it's, yep. it's always been you know i used to get the, the hottest girls <laughs> i didn't go after movie stars though you know because that just complicates things. Because I would imagine celebrity, you got another celebrity there, and it's twice as complicated. So I don't understand why Gene went out with Cher, right? Anna <laughs> Ross, you know, it just became harder. Yeah, you know, to have to do it. You know, if you want to go do anything, you know. But Gene doesn't party, so you know he's pretty much in the hotel, and he doesn't like going out on vacations. He told me. He hasn't been on a vacation in 15 plus years. Wow. But, you know, everybody's different. Yeah. You're, you're one of the original four guys. I can't, I don't, you know, I don't recognize any other version of Kiss. <laughs> I really don't. I'm being no. honest. You know, people change over the years, you know. I mean, those guys dragged my reputation through the mud. Yeah. On several occasions. Sure. I mean, even recently, you know, eight, nine months ago, you know, before they put the, the once they put the tickets on sale for Madison Square Garden, you know, they were telling everybody that they invited me, Peter, Bruce Kulick, you know, all the people that were involved with Kiss over the years. I was a you know founding member, and you know they were letting the telling the fans that we were going to be there at Madison Square Garden, and then like old, you know, a month before the show, you know, they start you know. Paul goes on uh, Howard Stern and says, well, if me and Peter got up on stage, you know, the band, you could might as well call the band Piss, which oh, pissed boy. me off. And, uh, as it should. Off. It pisses me off. <laughs> and, uh, you know, on the Ed Trunk show. But uh, Eddie, we love Eddie. I, 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 Eddie was responsible for getting me my first record deal after I left Kiss the first time. You know, he got me. Yeah. A, he was vice president of Megaforce Records. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was just in Vegas with Eddie Trunk because uh, he was celebrating 40 years uh, being in radio. 
Uh, so yeah, everybody, everybody's confusing it with his birthday party. He goes, look, I'm not 40 anymore. How could that possibly be? <laughs> yeah, that's party? right. <laughs> I'm pretty good friends with uh, Don Jameson and Jim Florentine. A teeny bit with Eddie. Eddie comes to some of our some of my shows here at the Jersey Shore, hangs out. He's great. Yeah. Great, great guy. I could. He's one of those guys you could. You feel like you're just talking to him, having a good time, and then suddenly you feel like you're doing a show. <laughs> he's like, yeah, well, you know, he he has a tendency to ask the same questions he would if he was interviewing somebody. Yeah. Correct, exactly. Which source of habit, you know. But but it's it, also and it's organic, right? Because he loves music, he loves rock so much that you know him talking to you personally is the same as him doing an interview, which is kind of what you want, you know. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just sent them. Uh, you know, we finished editing Cherry Medicine, the video, a couple of days ago, and I sent him a, a, a copy of it before it got released on YouTube. Yeah, and he said, "Great, I love it." Oh, and I love it too. He immediately invited me to come on the show and talk about the new record, so on and so forth. So I'll, I'll probably be going back on his show in a couple of weeks. Yeah. When I get back from the cruise to the Bahamas, which I'm leaving on uh, March 2nd to the 7th. Nice. I'm signing the Monsters of Rock cruise with Joe Satriani in the darkness. So that should be fun. Oh, that will be more than fun, I'm sure. And Ryan has never been on a cruise. A big cruise ship, so uh, she she better make sure she takes her uh, drama me nauseous message yeah. in case. Yeah. yeah, I want a cruise. This is this is Scott Engel on a cruise. Oh my <laughs> god, get me off this goddamn thing! <laughs> Holy shit! But I sell. I'm going to take my hotels that's not in the water. Yeah, you like yours <laughs> grounded. Yeah, yeah. So well, my agent told me that me and Laura have one of the best cabins on the boat. So. Oh, okay. so you should be good because I'm probably gonna have to spend most of my time in the cabin or in the VIP lounge where other band members hang out because it's you know I can't walk around the ship because I'm continually hassled by fans, right? Yeah, right. that's know? a different existence, yeah. So, but you still go on vacations, unlike Gene, though. Oh, yeah, you know, I can't wait to take Laura to the Bahamas. I mean, we're gonna go, uh. In March, you know, with the boat. Right. But, uh, I'd like to, you know, we're all going to be there, get off the boat for a day. And, uh, but I'd love to take her there for a couple of weeks. You know, I like to gamble. There's a nice casino at the Atlantis Hotel, which yeah. I usually stay at. You know, that's I a nice place. Yeah. Time. Yeah. That's a nice casino over there. And it's good restaurants. You guys could probably, for someone like you, I would imagine, they'll know how to take care of you, right? To give you a little bit of privacy down there. It wasn't too bad down there, yeah. you know, because, you know, the townspeople really don't know rock stars from America like right. it is here. You know, right. it's different. You know, I remember Johnny Carson saying, you know, he would always vacation in, in Europe because, you know, the people oh, in Europe aren't familiar with the Johnny Carson show. Exactly. Right. He they, would they don't never know vacation is. in America. Right. Well, you don't have that luxury in Europe, though. <laughs> no, I'm famous all over the world now. You are. So I yeah. just got to be careful where I go and who I who I hang out with. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we want to, as of this taping, uh, I'm hoping to get edited and put some nice pictures in and stuff. And uh, you know, your 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 album comes out tomorrow. But as of this taping, they'll be able people will be able to get that 
album right now and i'm calling it an album i don't give a shit (laughs) (laughs) i I can't say streaming i you know it's an album and you can get a physical album right yeah in fact tomorrow i'm going to walmart because i don't know if you heard walmart's putting out a ventricular cover that uh when you turn it the ufos disappear Oh, oh, I love that. Oh, I yeah, I love that technology. It's a limited edition. And uh, I don't know, I'll run up two or 3,000. And then they'll just be selling the uh, regular one without the ventricular cover. But I mean, I mean, Walmart's big. I didn't realize that Walmart oh, was international. Yeah. Oh, sure. and, and they're one of the, you know, they're still standing. You know, they, they put a lot of the little guys out of business, but now they're there. And, yeah. you know. So that's that's huge. And then the album Scott was mentioning. So the album, by the time we air, the album will be available everywhere. We were chatting with you before we went on the air. It got leaked into Canada, right? <laughs> so people are buying it in Canada already, they right? The album in, they started selling the album in Canada a couple of days ago because some of the record stores got the vinyl in. And instead of waiting till the 23rd, they just started selling it. So that you know, there's songs right now on the internet that shouldn't be there. Ew. Well, that's not good, I guess. But yeah, no. I mean, what's a day or two? It doesn't matter. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a smash. Oh, I, yeah. I absolutely love. It. I can't stop listening to it. Uh, the, the only, you know, three songs that I've heard already. I can't wait to hear the rest. There's a window that just popped up. Okay. It yeah, I'm, 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 I'm plugging your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we got Scott does he he does the QR codes. He puts them right on the screen, so when people watch, they could just grab their. You know this better than we do. They'll grab their uh, iPhone, take a picture of it, and they'll go right um, to your site and get the. uh, They could buy the album right off our show or the book, or the book. Look at that. You know, the internet has changed everything, and AI is about to change the whole world. It is. I have a dear friend of mine who used to work for Apple, and he told me he spent 24 hours wearing the goggles. <laughs> and oh wow! Unbelievable because he would sit. He sat in his living room, and he would just draw on the wall a 120 inch TV. Isn't that amazing? And he'd have his regular TV. That's I don't know a 75 or an 80 inch TV. Okay. And he had a 120-inch TV here and a 120-inch TV here. He said he couldn't tell the difference. Oh. He said these goggles are going to put the TV people out of business. That's great. Now, why buy a TV uh, when, you, you know, why spend two or 3000 on on a big TV when you can just draw it? <laughs> Apple that's, goggles. That's, you know? so, so let me ask you this. Are, are you scared of AI or do you embrace it or something in between? I'm very apprehensive about it, you know, because I, I've read a lot about it. I know uh, last year, you know, a lot of uh, CEOs and scientists had a meeting about AI and talking about regulations. And uh, the problem with AI is that it's the technology is moving so fast. Even if we what wanted to regulate AI in America before the bills were actually passed. We're not, we're, it's already too late. Yeah. And, and, in, and even if we did have the laws in place right now, nobody's, we can't control what China or no. Russia does. 
No. So, you know, it's like a loose cannon. And, you know, eventually, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, smart people that are familiar with AI are saying it's a, it's a 50-50 chance it could turn on us mm. and become self-aware, just like the Terminator 2 movies. You yeah. Know? yeah. I mean, no, look it, at uh, that that famous deep fake. You know what deep fake is when they make it? It's like a, it's yeah. like, it was like me wearing a digital mask of Gary Busey at a, a fake interview. It took the internet by storm. They thought he was out of his mind. And it wasn't yeah. Let's talk about your cable ace award. Let's talk about buttered sausage. Talk about buttered sausage, where it comes from, what it does. Why is it doing what it's doing? Get it out of my face. What about buttered, buttered, buttered sausage? That's not your jam. It's not your thing. You don't like it? It's not my jam. I don't buy jam. I buy honey, and I kiss it on the lips. That looks so part. real. It looks so real. Yeah, I'm totally cool. I have this program like what it's, know, it's something face. Okay. But you know, it has videos, and you can put like I was putting Laura's face on Victoria's Secret model, <laughs> and I was putting my face on James Bond. <laughs> it was bizarre. Yeah, it is. And, uh, but it's so easily accessible, and then you have like. This people calling up a, in your voice or my voice, uh, trying to get money out of us and stuff. Yeah, they they call the the uh, my my parents get those calls. I think either you Scott or someone else I was talking to, they'll get calls with our voices saying I'm in trouble. Right. Send me money right away. That's crazy. Yeah. Very very okay. spooky believable. Well, you know, in the future we're not really going to know what's real and what isn't. Yeah, and then, and then you know you got these videos on YouTube that says we are living in a matrix anyway, right? <laughs> right. What, what, and you know the aliens are controlling us. What I say to Laura, you know, even when we first met, I said, "Listen, when we're in a hotel room together and we're watching a movie, we're in our own bubble. I don't care if there's aliens in a <laughs> in an article pulling strings." You know, right now we're in control of what we're doing. You know, nobody's right. telling me what to do. Yeah. You know, and in fact, I'm on my album. I wrote a song about AI. Did you? Oh, no. Nice. Blinded. Okay. You know, and then during in the song, I never used the term AI, but when you listen to the lyrics, you know, it's about AI, and you know, that's cool. It's uh, it's a little scary at this juncture because. Some some people are saying it's already too late. Mm. You know, yeah. you, you got a Google robot that has access to twenty thousand computers, can beat yeah. anybody, any chess player in the world easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what happens when they become self-aware and realize that we're destroying the planet, and, and there's global warming and fossil fuels? Yeah. And, you know, yeah. wars are going on, you know. It's Star Trek had it right in the 1960s. You know, Gene Roddenberry predicted all of this stuff, you know, and um, I, Heinlein I, and all them. I think Ace I think Ace should write a, a science fiction book if you haven't done one already. Yeah. Well, right now I'm, I'm trying to write No Regrets 2, but I'm having trouble finding the time to do that and finding <laughs> the energy and stuff because I'm doing so many different things. Yeah. But, you know, eventually, as I as things slow down in my life and I start touring less because, you know, I got to promote this album. So I'll yeah. be touring probably for the remainder of the year. Okay. And, uh, but then, you know, I, I'm I'm slotted with the record company to start Origins Volume 3 next year. 
Okay. And that's going to be fun because I'll get guest stars to come on like I have in the past. And uh, the great thing about those records is I don't have to write the lyrics or write the song. Oh, that <laughs> like, is good. Yeah. some A friend of mine came up with a term. He goes, all you got to do is aceify them. Right. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> that's awesome. That really is. And then, yeah, it seems like like right now you're you're – this is about as intense as you're going to get. And, and in your experience, when, when the press piece of it slows down a bit and you're just touring, will life get easier or more intense when, when you get away from these kind of things and then move on to your touring? Well, touring is the toughest part because I hate traveling and packing and unpacking. The show right. is the easiest part for me and yeah. the most fun. Right, because you just have to be on for two, two and a half hours, and then you're off. You know, to travel, go to hotels, you know, deal with shitty food, pack and unpack your luggage every day. That's, you know, it's not fun anymore, but I do it because I enjoy touring and my fans want to see me perform. Right. I still have a lot of fun performing with my band. So, you know, I'll do it until the wheels fall off. Good. That's the right attitude. I'm lucky because I have longevity on both sides of my family. You know, on both sides of my family, people lived into their 90s. So, you know, it's in my DNA. As long as I take care of myself, I'm probably good for another 10, 20 years. You know, (laughs) you sound like you're talking about a car. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) He gets his oil changed regularly, don't you? Yeah. I just take life one day at a time. I don't dwell on the past. And, you know, I I think about the future, but not too much. I just try to try to live in the now, and uh, you know, even when I'm like recording guitar solos, I don't really think about what I'm playing. And as fast as I do a guitar solo, I forget it. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like sometimes I'll record a solo, and uh, two months later, you know, we decide we're going to perform it live. I got to learn it. Yeah. I had forgotten it already because, you know, it just came to me, you know, it was, you know, creative energy that just came out of me. But, you know, you don't remember it unless you're doing it every day. You're in your own little space, though. Like, you're not worried about all these shredders, the 12-year-old kids that can play rings around me. <laughs> I'm not you know, about speed. I'm a more of a bluesy player, kind of like you, you know, are. I'm a blues-based rock guitarist you know, like Jimmy Page and Eric Clapton. I mean, those guys were the guys that taught me how to play guitar. You know, I used to dissect their solos and their songwriting. And, you know, I mean, Jimmy Page was such a genius. So was Pete Townsend, you know, the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, you know, plus all the blues guys that uh, affected my playing and and my perception of rock and roll. It's just, uh, you know, if, if you... If you study all the great guitar players in the world, you know, it's going to rub off on you if you have the talent. And luckily, you know, I got it by osmosis by living in my household and just playing instruments. Well, when I saw you at the Palladium, that's what I saw. When you took that long solo, you took a few of us on that little journey with you. Yeah. And and it was any if anyone knew anything about guitar, we could tell that you were just taking it wherever you felt. And it was really fun to watch. Like I knew what the guys I was with may or may not have known, but I I saw what you were doing 
And, and if there's any guitar players, which there are a lot watching you, you're taking us on your little journey every time you do one of those. Yeah. And I could tell it wasn't, you were doing whatever the mood took you to. And I thought it was really cool. Well, that's what makes it fun. You yeah. Know? I really enjoy performing and I enjoy making people happy. And there's one other thing that really gives me pleasure and that's when I have meet and greets where people come backstage after yep. the show. A lot of times, you know, the guys will, will show me one of their AA coins or mm -hmm. say to me, hey, so I've been sober now five or ten years and it's because of you. Wow. That, that makes yeah. my day, you know? Yeah. It's a nice scene back there. I saw you. You, were you, you performed a show that would tire out a 20-year-old. Yeah, and then I then we went, you know, we went backstage, and there was a long line, and you were just being gracious to everyone. I remember that, you know, we were kind of toward the tail end of the line, and you were taking time with people, you were chatting it up with people, posing for pictures. So where most folks would probably just want to go back to their hotel room, or in your case, maybe home because you live so close, you took the time to be with the people, and I thought that was it was a really nice thing to watch. Yeah, but. At, after the show and after my meet and greets, I got back to the hotel. Laura went up to the roof with her girlfriends and had a few drinks. Right. And I went to bed, put yeah. on a movie because I was exhausted. That's a hard thing. I mean, well, I saw, yeah. And, you know, the next day I feel it in my bones, but, you know, that goes away, you know, with exercise yeah. and a couple of cups of coffee and, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you just take it one day at a time. I mean, I have herniated discs. Oh, boy. You know, oh. I six car accidents, you know, but I just keep going. And uh, keep going, you do. Love what you do, brother. I got, yeah. I've gone physical therapy. That's helped me. I have a great, great chiropractor that that is five minutes from our house. Perfect. And she's terrific. And, uh, she really uh, straightens out my back and, and helps my uh, lower back tremendously. You know, and every, you know, every once in a while I go to my orthopedist and, you know, and I get a shot of cortisone where I need it, you know, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't do that more than, you know, two or three times a year. Yeah. You're not allowed to do it more than every like four or six months, I yeah. think for those. Yeah. yeah. I hurt my arm doing a Pete Townsend windmill during a who song at a show. <laughs> the video the videos i'm going wildly with the with the thing and then at the, the third one you see me on the video go ooh, uh oh <laughs> oh i'm in trouble you know it kills me when i i read the comments on the internet and and you know some negative people are saying ace you know it's time yeah. to retire you know you're slowing down yeah, no. most people when they're seventy-two try to get up with a twelve-pound less Paul and yeah. do an yeah. hour and a half show, and have oh, yeah. to sing and remember all the songs and the lyrics and the solos. I mean, it's not easy. No, I was no. shocked when I saw you. I mean, the only reason I'm doing it is because I love it. Right, the, the, and that's great. And you know, I, I love this part of your career. You know, you, you you've had amazing success. And now here you are, you know, you don't have the makeup on now. You're being the true rocker. You were back in the Bronx even before you joined Kiss. You know, you're you're coming home to your roots right now. And I, I right. saw your love of it. Like, you love to do a solo. You love the guys in your band. Like, I saw it all on stage. It was great yeah. stuff. We get along very harmoniously. Uh, 
there's never any arguing backstage. You know, I'm really good friends with my drummer, who I recently let him rejoin the band, Scott Coogan. You know, for a while he had a problem. You know, he was drinking. So I had to let him go. And uh, the good news is he got sober. And oh, yeah. after years of sobriety, I ended up rehiring him because I had an issue with my current drummer, hmm. a couple, uh, you know, last year. And it was great to get Scotty back. And he's a great drummer and he has a great voice. He sings a lot better than me. <laughs> and uh, so we have four lead singers because all the guys in the group can sing lead. Oh. My voice is giving me trouble. One of the other guys can, you know, double my voice mm -hmm. rather than use backing tracks like some other people do. Yeah, we don't want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> we've, we've done, we've, we've, we've done many shows on that. Who does that? It's Believe it, it's more... It's more rampant in this business than you actually know. No, it's pretty bad. Believe. Yeah. Don't, don't mention that around Eddie Trunk. Oh, my God. You'll get him going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a theme we've covered many times here. So it, it's great. And then, by the way, the video for 10,000 Volts is fantastic. You haven't seen Cherry Medicine yet. I, I saw it this morning. Yeah. I that's haven't really seen cool that one film. yet. That's really great. Yeah, Dave, you should check it out. I'm it's going to. At, uh, I think almost 4,000, almost 5,000 views. It'll it's probably blow up. be up to, by the end of the day, it'll be up to at least 50,000 or more. Amazing. I mean, I can't believe my how my popularity has changed because, uh, you know, the record company hired uh, a social media guy and now I'm on TikTok and it's all over the place now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're all over my feed. Platforms, and it's hysterical because I go on TikTok, and that's mostly young kids, and you know, <laughs> eighteen, seventeen-year-old girls uh, looking at videos of me from the seventies and going, "Oh, he's so cute!" I love him. <laughs> you know, and they don't realize, <laughs> that, you know, yeah, I was cute in the seventies. You know, I mean, I'm still not a bad-looking guy. Oh, but, you're still uh, cute, Ace. <laughs> you're you're okay. You got nothing to worry about. No. And keep making shopping videos. They're fucking hysterical. I know. Those I love those. I don't know why. They're just. It happened by accident. I mean, you know, this the, the social media expert we hired was this guy, Perry. And he just said, let's go to the supermarket. And I was just being myself. Yeah. I and loved it. I've seen those. Yeah. I forgot how funny I am. <laughs> <laughs> You know, watch the Tomorrow Show. Yes, the Plumber episode. But they, they, they want to bring the real Ace out there. You're you're a nice, relatable human being, like you know, and, and the, like right now, what well, we're getting to know you a bit, and and just to see the nice guy. Yeah, I don't blame them for putting you out there because if you're an organic person, that's what they want out there. It's, it, there's no fluff. It's just you. you know, when I was when I was in Kiss, for example, Paul and Gene would not associate with the roadies or the truck drivers, you know, yeah. it was above uh, them. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. They had their nose in the air. I used to sit and play poker with the truck drivers. There you go. You know, and hang out with, you know, my roadies and, uh, you know, we'd go to pawn shops together. I mean, you know, I was accessible. I, I didn't, yeah. I, I was over, you know, because I grew up on the streets mm -hmm. and I know what it's like, you know, not to have money and 
you know, so I don't judge people by, you know, how much money they have. It's about their character and their yep. personality and whether or not they're good people. Right. That, that reminds me that you, you, you were a cabbie for a little while there in New York City. How long did you do that? Eh, six, six or eight months. I know. Paul was doing it, too. Was he? Paul worked in a sandwich shop. I, I, I delivered liquor. I was a postman for six months. Oh, really? <laughs> We did all sorts of jobs before, you know, we started right. making the big bucks. You know, in the early days, me and Gene used to room together in a Holiday Inn. Mm. You know, and then after a live hit, you know, we each had our own suites. <laughs> and that's when the band started, you know, you know, everybody was going in their own direction. Right. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of the beginning of the end. I saw it happening. And plus with the success of my solo record, I realized I was a lot more creative away from Paul G and Peter than I was around them. Right? Yeah. Well, if they're, if they're pushing on you, that kind of toxicity and you're, you know, you're not someone who kicks the ladder out from behind you when you climb up there, you know? And um, yeah, your creative juices are going to be kind of quelled by them. They would stifle my creativity. They would, uh, if I did a great guitar solo in the studio, they would never, you know, acknowledge it. Oh, that's horrible. Say, All right, that, we got that done. Let's move on. You know, it was, right. you know, I never got the adulation that I would have given other people. You know, I, just, I, mean, I never felt like they appreciated me. And that doesn't, that's not a good feeling. No, no it's like no. if you kick ass on a solo, what should happen afterwards is they should literally hug you, right? Because yeah. that's, that's a moment. That's a powerful moment. You, 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 you captured a little lightning and they should be grateful and give you a great big hug. I know? mean, I've been in band situations where everybody's like brothers and yeah. been other things that's just not, you know, you're just not feeling it for one reason or another. Like, you know, that guy's a jerk or that guy's, you know, I don't like the way he's treating a fan or, you know, whatever it is, whatever rubs me the wrong way. I, I, I kind of like, I want to get out of there. Well, and you know, I, those guys know how to push my buttons. Now that I've been working for years without them, with my own band, you know, everybody in my band idolizes me, you know, they because, do. you know, yeah, when they were they little should. kids. Kiss was huge. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, you know, yeah, my I get to work with your Jeremy. He knows every one of my guitar solos <laughs> inside and out. You know, if I forget a part of a solo from a, a song that we're doing, and I'll just say, Jeremy, what was that one lick I played? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I it off, you know, and I'm back, back in action. Yeah, well, you're you're it's nice to be your is. own boss and be in control of your own, you know. Oh, it's it it it's really feels like you're in such a good place right now. This record's going to be a smash. You're you're having a good time. Well, you know, Paul and Gene put me down so many times. Yeah, I said to Laura, and she said to me, the best way to get back at them isn't you know to have a a name calling thing no yeah just, just make a great record do your own do your, yeah. they haven't done an album in 20 years mm-hmm. no they're you know they say success is the greatest form of revenge it is you know and you I mean, and you're I, there well, i mean yeah you know, i think this album it's already being compared to my 78 solo album you know with the hit new york groove yeah and there's no filler on the record every song i think is a good song, if not great. You know, well, I, yeah. I can't wait to see it in the Sony Theater. I'm coming for you. 
I'm that's right. There. That's the end of March, right? Yeah, I'm gonna be there. I oh, yeah. me, me, me too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you guys should come backstage and say hi. Oh, we, we we'd be honored to. We really would. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll give you my kombucha tea. Cheers. It's my my glass of water. <laughs> yeah, I drink like eight bottles of this a day. You know, that's one of the things that cleans out my system and keeps me thin. Uh, what are you drinking there? Just uh, Poland Springs. Oh, bubble you know, water. I do the kombucha tea. That that feels good when I, yeah, I drink it I every mean, day. I used to drink tea, and then I had a really dear friend of mine. I used to drink. I'd go on like for a couple of years without drinking coffee, and right. then I'd go on a you know I'd be doing black tea with honey and lemon mm-hmm. or green tea. But you know, when, when my one of my closest friends died uh, a couple of years ago, and I, I went on the internet, he died of, of terminal uh, liver cancer. Ooh. So I went on the internet and I, and I said, and it said prevention, how to prevent liver cancer, and the top, drink coffee in the morning. Oh, drink coffee. Oh, I love my that. Doctor, my doctor, also, you know, he agreed, and he said, Ace, hey, don't ever stop drinking coffee. You know. Yeah. It helps cleanse your system and it gives you energy and it's a natural antidepressant. Mm-hmm. It really, yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, I do co- I do three double espressos to start my day and then I'm done for the day. I'm not kidding. Uh, every morning, three double espressos to start Whatever my day. Whatever gets through the day, you know. That's right. As long as it's not hurting your body. No, I feel, I feel I, I, like what you said. I feel good when I have it. And it, it just sort of charges me for the day. But no more caffeine other than a little bit of kombucha. And I'm done. Yeah, I mean, yeah. caffeine's not going to hurt you. And, no. And, and, yeah. You know, unless you abuse it. And it's time tested, right? <laughs> you got thousands <laughs> of years. God, people have been, caffeine's been around a long time. Yeah. And the lead singer would drink 12 cups of coffee. Now, oh. now you're getting a little dangerous. Yeah. What do you wear a diaper? In the evening, and I, I thought that was a little obsessive. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, you know, everybody, you know, there's always somebody out there that's going to abuse something and, you know, overdo yeah. it, you know. Yeah. A lot of us, lot of us are prone to, uh, you know, addiction. I have right. an addictive type of personality, but I channel my addictions now into computers and music right. and, you know, having fun with friends and touring and writing and recording. And uh, those are good addictions, Steve, right? Working with Steve Brown was a, a big yeah, Steve, I to me because me and him really hit it off in the studio. And this album wouldn't be anywhere near as good without, you know, co-producing it with Steve Brown. He really, you know, brought some magic into this record. I love his guitar line. That's out. I've been, Checking yeah. them out, the Steve Brown. Yeah, you know, not only that, I saved a lot of money working with Steve because he's been engineering Pro Tools for over thirty years. So I didn't wow. have to pay an engineer. You mm-hmm. know, usually, I, you know, on previous records, I've had to pay an engineer four or five hundred bucks a day. Yeah, and, uh, I didn't have to do that with Steve. That's awesome. It really I, is. I gave him co-production, and you know, we co-write almost nine eight or nine of the songs you know i did a cover of a, a song by a gal named nadia and it's the it i got it i heard the song for the very first time 23 years ago when the first 
Transporter movie came out with Jason Statham. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The song, uh, it's called uh, Life of a Stranger, and it goes over the, uh, you know. The credits. The credits. Right, right, and right. I never forget a good song, mm. even though she recorded it, you know, very Euro rock and uh, it was very sparsely recorded. Mm -hmm. You know, but in my mind, I picture heavy power chords and right, guitar right. solo. You know, she starts off with the verse, singing with you know hardly no instrumentality, and I started off boom, you know, with everything in the guitar solo, and you know that's just the way I take it. You know, I take it to a different place, and like I said earlier, I I had to aceify it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, Dave, I have a couple of takeaways here. I'm not that. I'm, uh, my wife is 22 years younger than me. I play guitar. I like to paint. And I'm into science fiction. So Ace and I have a lot in common. I'm going to call you I'm Ace gonna, from now I'm on. Gonna, I'm going to name my favorite dinosaur. And you tell me who who's your favorite dinosaur. <laughs> favorite dinosaur? <laughs> it, it's an old movie reference. Don't worry about it. <laughs> What's your favorite sci-fi movie from the 50s? Ooh. Oh, well, see, I'm a 60s guy, so behind me is my Planet of the Apes stuff. I love the Planet of the Apes. I dragged my poor wife to the Planet of the Apes beach in Malibu, and there was no uh, melted... Uh, Statue of Liberty. Statue yeah, it was... Yeah. What, what's your favorite? I got hooked on sci-fi when I saw The Day of the Earth Stood Still and yeah. that Forbidden Planet. Great. Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Great and, stuff. Uh, Before he became funny, right? Right. Who was the trick in that? She ended up being a, in a female cop series, Honey West. I don't remember her. And I forget her name. Uh, but they had Robbie the Robot. Right. Who ended up in a couple of Twilight Zone series. Uh, right. And, yeah. and, you know, the robot on Lost in Space was very similar. Right. Yeah. Danger Will Robinson. Love all that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but you know, that's that inspired me to become the spaceman character when we all decided we wanted to be a theatrical rock group. Yeah, everybody yep. had to pick a character. Peter was fascinated with cats. Gene liked his horror films. You know, I yeah. liked my sci-fi movies, and Paul, you know, was the front man and the lover, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody really. Very you were the lover in the band. You just very, weren't advertising it. Very few people know this, and he'll probably deny it. But you know, when we were playing the Daisy in Long Island, it was a club where we developed our our makeup. Uh, he was he had white face on with the red lipstick, and he used to have a circle around his eye, hmm. like the dog from the Little Rascal. <laughs> you know, and I had developed the silver stars, right. And, which I was really happy with. And Gene's makeup was coming along great. Peter needed a little help. Yeah. But, you know, I said to Paul one night, why don't you, instead of the circle, why don't you put a star? Yeah. So oh, so you now, really. You know, he's wearing his so stuff. He, he, he could have been Petey, but then he went with Paul. <laughs> I said, you know, why don't you try a star? I think it would look cooler. And he tried it out and he liked it, but he never gave me credit. I've never heard him mention that story in, in an interview, and he'd probably deny it if somebody brought it up then today. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he has an ego the size of yeah. But but you know the good news is that I, I I'm sure you would never and I would never want to live in in the brain or the souls of people like that. You know, 
I mean, they're not, they're never truly happy. You know, if they have that, if they're so petty that they can't, you know, say Ace gave me the idea for my makeup. I mean, I would hate to live in that soul because that's not a happy human being. Well, I mean, sometimes they just don't remember. Don't seem really happy to me. You know, outwardly. Find the go on the internet and, and see how many pictures you can find or videos of Paul Stanley cracking up. Hmm. There All isn't right. a lot, but there's dozens of me. Oh, yeah. yeah, because you're you're a happy human being. Well, you know, yeah. I, I try to hang out and, and do the things that make me happy. And you know, you know, my father always said to me, "Look, if you don't have something good to say about somebody, don't say anything." There you yeah. go. Whereas yeah. Paul and Gene are constantly not only hitting on me and Peter, but even other guys in other bands, and mm. it's unnecessary. Yeah. No, it really is. It really is, and that, that's just that's just a an ice cold soul. You know, who needs that? It's what it is. You know, yeah. everybody's different. I wish them all the best with the avatars, and I hope that works out for them. In my own opinion, I think it it might not, but uh, I'm wishing them the best in any right. new endeavors they do. I think Gene's putting together a touring band. I wish them all the luck in the world. Yeah, but it's way to be. Yeah, and you guys are just celebrating your 50 years. Yeah, you know, and that's yeah. that's a, that's a monumental yeah, thing we, to still we, be in the radar we, after 50. Yeah, we're we're in this. We can still talk to each other civilly, right? You know, if we have to, yeah. I mean, when Gene got sick in South America, you know, it was, uh, and he collapsed on stage. He was dehydrated. I got very concerned because sure. I'm very close with Gene to this day. I sent him an email and I said, Gene, are you okay? I just read that you collapsed and, you know, and within 10 minutes, he got back to me, you know, from South America. And he goes, Ace, I was in the, we were playing in the jungle. It was 106 degrees and very high humidity. He goes, I was completely dehydrated. And, you know, he had his costume weighs about 30 plus pounds. Hmm. So, uh, he said, well, pretty much he just needed a lot of Gatorade and uh, right. he had to hydrate himself. And after that, he was OK. Thank God, you know. Yeah. Well, that's good that you still have the love for them, you know, even with whatever issues. Yeah, I mean, are you know, we created something that will endure way after we're all dead, you know, and buried. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know. Legendary. Well, I, mean, this- I try to let the negative stuff go and focus on the positive memories. Good. And there's there's enough for them, that's for sure. There's yeah, so I mean, many. we had a lot of fun. We used to really be very closely knit, and you know, we'd have weekly band meetings and get the stuff off our chest that was bothering us. You know, but like I said, once we became rich, we all became millionaires. You know, everybody started going their own way. Everybody had their own limo. Everybody had their own bodyguard. Right. You know, so you know, nothing lasts forever. Mm-hmm. No. No, it's true. But this chapter is fantastic well, for you. Have this, you have this legacy, and it's it's good that you've embraced it and you put it a little put it in your pocket. But you're also doing new stuff. Yeah, I just thank God that you know I'm still performing. I'm still healthy enough to uh, create and mm-hmm. tour, and you know, yeah, man, do the things I enjoy doing. You know, that's beautiful stuff. And you got the great album coming out, Scott. Maybe throw out that key, that code again. Absolutely. Let me bring it up here. You just click on this and order it right away. Put a push of a button. Yep. 
Stream, CD, vinyl, anything you want. The yeah. album was originally going to be titled Walking on the Moon. Uh, and that uh, was the second, second single. Right. And, uh, what happened was uh, I really didn't like the artwork. Okay. I started thinking about uh, after we had recorded 10,000 volts, you know, I'd bring Laura's girlfriends down to the studio and everybody, all the girls unanimously, unanimously, unanimously. You got, you got it. it. You got it right. You got it right. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. You don't want to uh, edit that shit out. Don't worry. They all love, they all love the 10,000 volts. That, that so is such a strong tune. Thinking maybe, maybe we should go with a different, you know, because I'm always going with the spaceman character, so on and so forth. So I, look, let's deviate from that path. And, you know, I mean, even though there's UFOs, you know. I love the creativity of it, though. Yeah. yeah. And I can't believe I found an Abner Costello bit where they talk about 10,000 volts. That was, <laughs> I hope you're an ASC fan, WPIX Sunday morning guy watching their movies. If you're not, it's all good. But I thought <laughs> it was pretty cool that Abner Costello was doing a bit about 10,000 volts in 1940-something. They were predicting your album. Yes. That's they, what it was. Because <laughs> it's an alternate universe, and they kind of right, interwove yeah. with each other. <laughs> I don't know how I found that clip. I think it's going to be popular in every multiple universe, hopefully. Not oh, it, it will. It, it's such a great tune. You know, I've, I've you know, listened to it probably 15, 20 times already. You know, it's a I great, great tune. In fact, we do have alternate universes, and I'll tell you how I know. Okay. I went in a porn shop and bought a watch. Uh, Versace watch. In fact, it's in the. Uh, no, that's not the one. I have. I'm wearing a Versace watch in. Uh, in the video. Video, but there was a diff. I have a different one that's all black with diamonds, and I bought it. It was yellow gold, hmm. and I actually took a video of it with my iPhone the day I bought it. I woke up the next day and it was white gold. What? Wow! I have proof. I have photographic proof. <laughs> And I believe in that kind of stuff. We'll test. We'll sign an affidavit. He goes, Ace, I can't believe that happened. I go, well, when we walked into that pawn shop, we must have entered a portal. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. No kidding aside. I believe in all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I think it's real. Yeah. Uh, you know, as long as you uh, are happy with what you're doing, it really doesn't matter where you are. Right, right. You know, I could be on the moon. I could, be, I could be on <laughs> Mars as long as I'm in a, a healthy habitat. Yeah, I can yeah. Be happy with as long as I have my toys with me and a woman. That's, that's right. <laughs> you got that, and you're a fulfilled man. That's right. Well, look forward to seeing you in person and uh, yeah. cheering you on. Maybe see you before or after the show. Well, just like that, Dave, once again, another Guitar Tales episode. This time we went over an hour, an hour, 10 minutes. Yeah. Believe yeah. Or not, that's how quick it went. Yeah. And Ace, we have we have this saying on the show that it arose organically. You come in as a stranger, you leave as a friend. Absolutely. So, right. we lo- you know, so we've really enjoyed it. You've been wonderful and gracious with us. Well, you know, when Laura initially brought it up to me, I was a little hesitant because I've been doing so many Zoom videos. I just, I, you know. I, like like I said yesterday, I was doing Australia, yeah, yeah. on the other side of the world, and <laughs> I was already talked out, and yeah. I felt I didn't do as good an interview as I would have if it was earlier on in the day because it was mm. like five o'clock. Oh boy, you know. But you know, when they give me too many interviews, that's what happens. But uh, <laughs> eventually, luckily, this was the first interview of the day. 
and uh, I'm feeling, you know, chipper and happy and energetic. And uh, I'm very excited about this new record. Dave, you got to go check out the, the Cherry Medicine video. Laura and uh, her daughter, uh, Valentina, look gorgeous in it. Oh, I'll be checking the second we log off today. I'm going to watch it. I can't right. wait. Check it out. Yeah, we and we also didn't want this interview to be all about Kiss. You know, it's a part of your life, but it's not your whole life. Right. Um, I just yeah. thanks, thanks for having me on. It was such a pleasure, Dave and Scott. Oh, absolutely. Sony Theater. Yes, sir. We and will see you in the next month. We're going to see you. Yeah, and uh -huh. I also want to say thanks to all my fans for all the support. And all the great comments they've been giving me uh, on YouTube and all the other social network platforms. And uh, I'm just going to keep doing what I do and uh, do it with the help of God. Yeah. You know, I'm going to get through the day and get through the tour. And, you know, we'll be talking again, you know, for sure. For on the other one. side of the tour. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been. Just a wonderful edition of Guitar Tales with Ace Fraley and Scott and myself. We want to thank everyone and our fans uh, for watching this show. And with that, Scott, if you have any last words before we log off? Uh, just uh, before we uh, play the ending of the show, Ace, if you want to hang in for a few minutes, just at post uh, recording, you can welcome to do that. If not, if you got to skate, you can take off and fly into the heaven. <laughs> I have to go. I have a date with my daughter. Oh, well, then enjoy. Important. That's the most important. Yeah, well, she looks like a white plane, so I, I got to jump in the Jaguar and shoot well, up. All right. All righty. Well, thank you again. Thanks, guys. All it right. was a pleasure. I'll see you Take guys care. at the Sony Theater. Absolutely. Take care. See you. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. This is Weedles from Hair Supply. You're watching Guitar Tales with Diamond A. Cohen and the legend, the guitar Scott Engel. Get some.